Good afternoon, friends. Tis another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to spend a couple hours with you today talking about local, state, national news, politics, sports, entertainment. My only guarantee is that it will be energetic. My hope that it will be entertaining. And my belief is that it will be informative, but we'll see. We'll do our best here. Uber producer Dan Peters is here, as always, to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. That, of course, was Dan at the top of the hour. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio at 11.40. Oh, there's a quarter in the jar. Uh, It has been a long time since I did that. Information 1000 KSOO on your radio dial. Streamed live on KSO.com or the KSO mobile app where you get one-touch listening just by downloading to your mobile device off of whatever platform you choose. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or Twitter at P. Lally Show. And Dan's always busily updating the Twitter feed. And if you've got questions or comments, you can throw them at us there. Pitch them our way. So anyway... This Icon Lounge deal is blowing up all over. You know, we touched on it yesterday and we're going to talk about it uh, more today. Details on that in a second. But I'm impressed by the straight up social media rage that's erupted in the past couple days. Most of it, I have to say, in my feed anyways, pro Icon. Dan, have you you seen much of this out there? Truthfully, no. Oh. Because I'm not really looking for it. Well, it's maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just the people that I uh, associate with in the social media world are outraged. Maybe I have only like a, uh, a dedicated slice of the audience. I'm sure there's some pro condo people out there somewhere. Oh, I haven't seen much of that either. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of that. But I, you know, they have. There's a there's a side to be told there with the Icon Lounge, of course, downtown. The Jones 421 building just opened up. A fantastic place. Uh, by all measure, uh, but they're having some conflict over noise, and it's uh, making the rounds, that story, including here at KSOO. You know, the thing I keep wondering about, though, Dan, is what's going to happen during, you know, hot Harley nights? That's that's some noise, boy. How long has the Jones Building been occupied? Not very long, a few months, six months maybe. Not okay. that long. So we haven't gone through the full cycle then. Basically. No, 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 no. We have festival season coming up. You know, you got uh, German Fest and used to be Irish Fest. I don't know if they still have that. Uh, there used to be a lot more concerts. But, you know, the Levitt's going in there across the street, Levitt Outdoor Theater in the Falls Park West. But Hot Harley Nights, that's like, you know, it's right in front of there. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. Not to mention, okay, that's just one day, you know, and I'm all for mixed use, right? I, and I think most people understand that if you move downtown, you have to deal with it. And we don't know it. I don't know that there's like a, a great upheaval in the Jones building. I don't know how many people have complained, but I know that Icon's been cited and, uh, you know, that's that's sort of been the conversation out there. It's like, come on, man. They were there first. And the police won't usually cite for this type of activity unless it's multiple 
complaints that they get. Yeah, that's right. But seriously, though, let's talk about Harleys for just a second, okay? Not just Todd Harley Nights. Let me be clear about one thing, that an off-the-line Harley, right, all spanking new off-the-line in Milwaukee or wherever it is in Wisconsin that they make the things, it's a lovely machine. It purrs like a kitten. It's lovely. It's got a little throaty. It's throaty, but it's not overwhelming. But people, for whatever reason, and I, you know, loud pipes save lives, I get all that, uh, they peel those lovely uh, legal exhaust systems off and they put straight pipes on there, some version of the straight pipe anyway, and it, it just goes completely wrong. And most Harleys you see in the street today are illegal. Most of them, I would say. But it's pretty rare. No, not all of them, you know. But a lot of them are. And it's rare, though, that somebody ever gets a ticket. I hung out with, uh, many years ago now, um, of the hundreds of columns I've ever written in my life, hundreds, a piece I did on the first warm day of spring when the Harleys bloom from all corners of the city, garnered more feedback and attention than anything I've ever done. And, I mean, they came out of the woodwork coming after me on this one. But I spent time with the cops. I talked to Jim, mayoral candidate, former city councilor, uh, then I don't think he was even in the council, but I talked to Jim Enneman about it. He owns, uh, with his family, Jane L. Harley-Davidson. And we talked about, you know, what's legal and what's not and how that culture and the pipes work and all that. And, but they're loud, okay? That's, this is all just to say they aren't legal. So if somebody cruises by on Phillips Avenue past 421 Jones on the other side of the building and somebody complains, are they going to give that guy a ticket? Mm, I don't think so. So the city has some trouble here. And we're like, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this later in the show because we're going to have Stacy Newcomb Wyland on the show about 345 on the phone. And we're going to get the latest from the Icon Lounge perspective on this. But clearly something went wrong here. And I do kind of blame the city in this case for rezoning that, changing the decibel level and all those things. They, they have a different standard now than when Icon Lounge opened. So they're just supposed to change their standard. That's what, that's what seems fishy here to me. But we'll talk about that. Well, and I, I hate to bring this up, but it kind of rings toward the McMansion built yep, yep. in McKinnon Park and, yep. and how that all has kind of mushroomed into something that it shouldn't have. Yep, and the city was in the middle of that one, too. And, you know, you got to be able to figure these things out. But And the McMansion thing comes up a lot already in this discussion that I'm seeing. But also, just downtown living. You move downtown, you're going to have noise. Even if you move near downtown, say All Saints neighborhood, it's going to be louder than it is if you move, you know, out in the southeast part of town by Paisley Park. It, it's, it just is. There's, there's uh, I think we had Scott Erisman on yesterday. He was talking about this. There's airplanes, helicopters, sirens, you know, it, traffic. It's just louder to live downtown. So, I, you know, it's, but it's been amazing to me how this story is really blown up. And uh, it's in social media, and it's it's in all the medias now. We'll see what Stacy has to say. That'll be fun. We've uh, I I have to say though, uh, when I, going back to my Harley column, <laughs> I want to point out 
the 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 reaction was not particularly friendly. You know, it was kind of vicious. So I look forward to that discussion going forward. I'm sure I'm going to, you know, now I'm probably going to get a bunch more from the Harley folks, but we'll see. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests are, including, in addition to Stacey Newcomb-Wyland, who's one of the partners in Icon Lounge, Jeff Harkness, our college basketball analyst from sister station ESPN 99.1, will be here to talk about USD and SDSU in the Summit League Tournament that begins Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Scott Hudson will be in for Weird Friends. He might have something to say about Icon Lounge. I just want to warn you people from the get-go. Pat Powers from Dakota War College blog on the latest from the legislature. We're going to talk about that uh, big kerfuffle on the floor of the House a little bit. Uh, Pat's got some good perspective on that. And I'll have the PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, same as last yesterday, because I never got to it because we got off on the Icon thing. That's government secrecy. Secrecy? Secrecy. Government secrecy in your money. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Closer to free, ladies and gentlemen, with the Bodines. Oh, let's get a little more. Everybody needs a chance once in a while. Everybody wants to be closer to free. And it's time for the PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show. Hey, I got a I got a uh, uh, text from Scott Arisman who pays attention to these things, and he says, because of Levitt construction this summer. There won't be any festivals down there on Falls Park West. So Hot Harley Nights is at the fairgrounds or something. But that doesn't that doesn't preclude just the random Harley gang going through there. And they want to be a little closer to free, doesn't everybody? Uh, so anyway, let's get back to what I was talking about yesterday and before we got off track on Icon. And it wasn't anybody's fault. It was my fault. Uh, but a couple things in the legislature. One... Uh, the texting bill, remember that one? Where it's going to make it a primary, a primary penalty that you could get pulled over for texting while driving in South Dakota? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not. No. Nope. Not going to happen. Why would it? Uh, it's, that's, you know, that's standard, standard operating procedure here in the great state of South Dakota. Look down. Just look at your feet when you're driving. Everything's fine. But the thing that really got me worked up, and I mentioned it briefly, but I wanted to touch on this uh, because I think it's important. I think this is, this, this is indicative of the problem that we have right now in so many ways. So there's this uh, effort to make it illegal for municipalities, local governments to enter into confidential settlements. And you remember confidential settlements. We had a, we had a little one here in Sioux Falls, uh, between the city of Sioux Falls and uh, the contractors on the the T. Denny Premier Center there. So we found out about it because they didn't do it quite right. And back when I was at the Argus Leader, we sued them, and uh, the Argus Leader won. And that's how we found about, out about that confidential settlement. Well, that led to 
an effort by Senator Art Rush of Vermillion, a Republican, to uh, he's also a retired judge, and he brought the bill that would have made it uh, uh, you know prohibit state and local governments from doing these things. All right. Well, it went down six to five. It needed seven. Need a minimum of seven. Now there's some people that can come back and vote because there's some people gone. Blah 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 blah. So it might come back, but I doubt it. But it might come back. And uh, what I wanted to point out though was the opposition to this bill. There were a couple comments made that I think were just so uh, point so directly to the problems we have in this state sometimes with. Openness, government openness, and just not understanding why it's important. So this is peer lawyer Dick Teason, who I know you're going to find this uh, kind of surprising, is a lobbyist. He says, transparency isn't always a good thing. He, of course, represents the state school boards, sheriffs, and state farm insurance. He continues, sometimes it's a very hurtful thing when it deals with you personally or your family members. We're talking about government. We're talking about confidential settlements between cities, counties, local governments, and entities, whether that's a, a single person, a business. And what we, what most people probably don't know is that uh, most of your local governments in this state are represented by uh, uh, the Public Assurance Corporation, I think it is, which is essentially a private entity, a private insurance pool that they all pay into that covers them if they get sued, all right? And a lot of this stuff is confidential. But here's the deal. It's your money. It's your money. You pay into it because it's a government, see, and it's your money, and then... They settle with your money, but they won't tell you what you settled for. So you often don't know how much your government paid somebody. Okay, point of clarification. It's the South Dakota Public Assurance Alliance. Alliance. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. But then uh, Representative Chuck Tuberville, who's also the Republican mayor of Deadwood, and I mentioned this yesterday, said confidential settlements might be a problem in Sioux Falls and Hollywood, but that they aren't a problem in the rest of South Dakota. Okay. You know, I said, I've been talking about legislators showing their true colors, and this is it, all right? This was uh, from an Ellis story, uh, the Tuberville bit, Jonathan Ellis, Argus leader. And, you know, the bill might come back, as I said, but let's focus on this, that, that in rural South Dakota, government secrecy isn't an issue. That's the assertion. That public office holders in small towns are somehow less prone to misspend your money than Mike Huther. That's hooey. In fact, I'd say Huther has to walk a lot lighter because there's an Argus Leader reporter and some other reporters chronicling his every move. You know? It's the Argus leader who sued the city and the state on multiple occasions to lead the way in open records. And in almost every situation, they're the only one. 
The fact of the matter is that we don't have any idea what's going on out there in rural South Dakota. There's nobody watching in most cases, or if they are, they aren't in any sort of position to actually challenge these public officials. I hate to state the obvious, all right, but it's a closed society. I'm sure the books of the city of Deadwood could use a little scouring at this point by a motivated reporter. I would suggest, and there's some, you know, my, 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 my guy out in Rapid City, Seth Tupper, you know, maybe he needs to go and spend a few hours with the books at Deadwood. Yeah, just make a few records requests. Just start throwing them in there. That quote from Teason, transparency isn't always a good thing. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. South Dakota in a nutshell. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Drop me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. Follow us on the Twitter feed and comment there at P Lally Show. Facebook Live is always good as well. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to Scott Hudson for Weird Friends. Probably talk about Icon. I know Scott has an opinion there. And then Stacy Newcomb Wyland who is a partner in said lounge. That's all coming up on Information 1000 KSOO. 3.35 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we bring in our good friend uh, for my weird friends, Mr. Scott Hudson. Scott, uh, how are you today? Well, you know, I was like madder than I've been in a long, long time. But then I heard, you know, that great song that you brought me yeah. into, and it kind of like brightened my mood. <laughs> just a little, there's just a few bars of Alex Chilton make everything better, right? Exactly. We could have just kept playing that for a while, and and maybe that would have been better radio. Um, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So I know Scott that maybe, just maybe, you've got a bit of a burr under your saddle, as we like to say out here in the West about this whole icon lounge thing. Is that, am I, am I guessing correctly there? It's pure insanity. (laughs) It's pure insanity. How a business can, can go on for years and years. And then suddenly they're forced to spend a lot of money because some developer who maybe should have been like, uh, I don't know, Somebody should have been kind of overlooking what he was doing. You know, maybe should have said, um, we can't zone this residential. It's just, I think whoever was that developed those apartments, they should be paying Icon to have this new uh, soundproofing put in. Yeah, and the thing is, is I, it's, I mean, Jeff and Sheila Hazard are the developers on that, and it's no secret. My question is, and, and I, that place is awesome, okay? What they did is, is incredible. I, I really like it. The source. Right. I'm, I'm not complaining yep. about nope. the actual nope. you know, development. I'm just complaining about changing the rules and forcing. Yep. Whatever happened to the whole grandfather clause? Well, and I, I just don't, you know, and, and Scott Erisman was on the program uh, briefly yesterday. And we were talking about this, too. Uh, you know, they, they had to change it. There was there was a change of the rule. And what I don't understand and, I, you know, I probably, Stacey Newcomb Weiland's on next, and she can probably explain this to us a little bit better. And maybe I can get Sheila Hazard on. But they knew there was a venue there, and they dropped the decibel rating. Did they just think that they were just going to quit having shows there? I mean, uh, that's what I don't I, get. I, I honestly don't understand that. Look, it, 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 God, I could go on. I got so many different directions. 
Take um, one. <laughs> if you live downtown, you cannot have that same expectation of quietness that you have, like in suburbia where I'm living. Uh, we keep bragging about how we have revitalized downtown. Mm-hmm. It's such a great thing. Well, an exciting downtown means a noisy downtown. Yep. There's nothing you can do about that. And I know a lot of people that live, you know, like on, the, on Phillips, you know, yep. above businesses. They knew exactly what they were getting into when they moved, and they, they're actually kind of humored at times by the things they have to experience noise-wise in the middle of the night. Yes, and that's part of the deal. Now, these are condos. They're not apartments, which so people paid you know, money for. And well, I then the extra that, money should have gone into soundproofing them. Well, that's what I, you know, I, this is clearly something that should have been dealt with beforehand, it, you know, in a conversational tone, everybody figure out some way to work around it they, because there yeah. has to be a solution, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, putting the entire onus on icon, it's ridiculous. They've done nothing wrong. No. No. They've done nothing wrong, and they are they are a very important part of our local nightlife. Mm-hmm. I mean, they people don't remember cities because of the big venues. No. You know, nobody's talking about the XL Center in the Twin Cities, but they sure talk about First Avenue. Mm-hmm. That's right. People remember CBGB's and Max's Kansas City. They don't talk about Madison Square Garden. No. Because that's where the real magical moments are. That's where the, that's where you know local talent is developed. It's where you have these expressive moments. It's where you, you know, do stupid things in your life that you remember forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and how years later you can say, "Wow, do you remember when so and so came through town and I actually jumped on stage and sang with them?" <laughs> do you remember? Does, does there anybody got video of that? I mean, one of the things I talk about all the time is people say. Uh, oh, you remember that place, the Mad Hatter? Okay, this was not a great bar, all right? right. Honest to God, in the, long, in the grand scheme of things. We romanticize it. Yes, but I saw the Goo Goo Dolls there. Yes. All right? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Those are the things you remember. And I mean, even Phil's Pub. Phil's Pub yep. was never a great place for live music. No. But we made it a great place for live music. Yeah, because you show it up. And that's that's one of the things that does drive me crazy about this, and I agree with you 100%. The other thing about Icon is they don't have live music every night. Oh, exactly. I, and they are, as far as the live music facility goes, they couldn't be a better neighbor. They don't have shows. I mean, remember the Pomp Room? We'd have to stay mm-hmm. up till one thirty in the morning to get to the last song of the headliner. Yeah. They don't do that there. They start their shows at a reasonable time. They yep. generally tend to end at a reasonable time. Yep. Yep. It's very tame in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. and oh, Very tame. <laughs> I, I just, I, there has to be some solution. And we're going to talk to Stacy next, but they've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I, I can see people that maybe want to start a live music thing in the future are going to say, well, what if we spend all that money and uh, some apartment next door doesn't like the noise? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see how that can happen. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I, I understand that, that people can get upset, but you have to be able to negotiate your way through these things. Whether, you know, I don't put it on the police. Yeah, you know, I mean, I want to know when, when exactly, I, I'm sure you'll ask, 
when exactly did I kind of find out about this? Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't uh, when the zoning was changed. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's dropping it from sixty-five to fifty-five. People are like, well, it's only when the way you measure decibels. That's actually a pretty big jump. You know. Yes. I mean? Yes. I mean, that's the difference between uh, normal. Com- I think fifty-five is normal conversation level. It's something like that, and sixty-five is it's it's not linear. It's geometric. Yes. Yes. And so dropping it 10 points is a significant change. Well, I saw, before we came on, I saw someone posted an article that said, even when there's not live music, the would, decibel level in that section of town is already about 65. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, what's a Harley? I know what it is because well, I've, <laughs> I've stood with the cops with their little sound meter that they don't ever use to write tickets for, and, you know, a, a Harley going by will be 80. Yes, imagine 300 of them. <laughs> Which apparently is, oh, it's not downtown this year, it's at the fairgrounds. But still, there's just your average Saturday night. I don't know, it's, yeah. there has to be a solution to this. And, you know, the thing about Icon, and I don't know who complained. I don't want to know who complained. I don't know if it was one person. I don't people, want to know the person either. But I, don't, I don't want them to get hate. I do know that there's some very important people living there. People, well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't know, I don't want to think that somebody throwing their weight around but we'll find out at probably well what happens what happens when that that uh levitt thing opens up yeah. no that's which right is nearby is outdoors mm-hmm. uh, um it if they don't like be... if they don't like a little bit of icon flowing flowing through a couple brick buildings to get to them they're really not going to like uh when when levitt has i mean it's granted those things will end earlier yeah should but still I don't know. It's you're right. It's just insanity that it has to get to this point, you know, where they have to shut down. Yeah. Now I think they're I mean, coming back. I, well, I think a lot of people also don't realize it's hard to make money with live music. Yeah. And so when you are suddenly, you know, given this additional expense, it's not easy. It's not like a typical, um, you know, typical little dive bar is like, oh, we got to make this little change. You close down for a day and you're open the next day. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger deal when you when it's live music that you're depending on for your yeah for your uh, success. They lost that uh, 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 closet monster reunion show, which you know I know those guys. I'm sure they. I'm sure it was a, a nice time. It would have been a nice night for them. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also there was supposed to be a great show coming up later this in, in March. Uh, Twin Peaks from Chicago, who's played yeah. Total Drag a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great band. They're coming back, but I don't know now if they're coming back. Yeah, We'll find out from Stacy next. How's that sound? Awesome. Uh, cool. Scott, Scott Hudson, uh, thank you again for your perspective on this on this uh, very important issue for our community. So. You know I love the rant. Yeah, <laughs> and this was a good one. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Coming up next, as I said, Stacy Wyland. She is a partner in uh, the Icon Lounge, and she's going to be telling us sort of what's what's going on from her perspective and how this all came together. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO three forty eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. And I play a little bit of Cracker, bringing in Stacy Wy- Newcomb Wyland. I got that right, didn't I? For a second, I thought I got him backwards. Uh, <laughs> Stacy Newcomb Wyland, who is one of the partners in Icon Lounge, which has been a point of conversation here on the show, obviously, and a uh, in the news. I play Cracker because Cracker played 
Sioux Falls over at uh, oh, where Fernson is now, but it was then oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Latitude. But anyway, just a little local live music there for you. Um, Stacy, thanks for coming in, first oh, of all. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. Uh, can you tell us, um, when did you first find out that there was a problem? Well, it was in October, um, shortly after the Jones Building opened up. You know, we'd, we'd watched the construction over there for, I imagine it was close to two years, a year and a half, and um, never anticipated anything, you know, happening to us as a result of it. But in October, we got our first call from the health department, and they said that, that we had a complaint from the resident over in um, the Jones Building. And we said, oh, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about it. So we did, and... And they were great, and we were very cooperative and wanted to be, you know, really helpful if we could. And um, and so we started talking about what was wrong. And what came out rather quickly is that because the um, the Jones Building was partially residential, and there was a complaint coming from a residential um, sec, um, unit, we were subject to a residential code, which means the decibel level was significantly different. Mm -hmm. We're a commercial space, so we have a 65 decibel, you know, restriction 24-7. But residential has uh, 60 decibel and that at most of the day, and then after 1030, a 55 decibel um, Which is a big drop. It's a big drop, and it sounds like you know something about decibels. A little bit. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lot in the last few months as a result of this, and what I know right now is that 55 decibels is extremely low. And, you know, the, you can be having a conversation like this, and it can read 55 decibels. It's Especially very, if I'm talking. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it's not appropriate for an entertainment district, and that's what I've concluded after really trying to be uh, open and helpful and We've made a lot of changes to ICON to try to accommodate that, you know, that we are not trying to be a noise mm-hmm. nuisance to anyone. We want people to be able to sleep. But we are also, we were there, we've been there for six years, and mm-hmm. we've never had a noise complaint. When were you, did the city never, ever notify you that that residential unit would change your business? No, they never uh, did. And that's one of the things that I think is a, could be um, improved upon. And, I, you know, two things have come out of this for me. One, I think the city should communicate with, surrounding neighbors, especially if they know they're going to be impacted by the building of something. And two, we need a separate, um, some kind of a new ordinance for downtown, the historic, you know, entertainment Mm -hmm. district that we have created down there. As everybody knows, it's becoming a bustling place. And, you know, the the decibel reading in downtown Sioux Falls is always in violation of this code. Which it would is, seem so. It is. It's Any never, random Harley, as I said earlier, would yeah, be violation. Yeah, even the ambient noise outside of Icon is over 60 decibels every time we've read it. Hmm. So that's with us not even operating. So yeah. then how are we supposed to ever adhere to, you know, we have to be radio silence in order for us to, you know, to ever stay at 55 decibels. So you've made a, a bunch of improvements to try and remedy the issue to some degree. Right. Um, have you solved it now? You know, it's one of those things that no one can tell us exactly what will solve the problem because we're in a almost 100-year-old historic building. It has brick walls and a, and a beautiful wooden ceiling, and we don't want to lose any of those features. So it's been, it's, re, it's been a real challenge to try to figure out how to correct this problem without destroying the space. And um, what we've come up with, we are hopeful 
will get us to mm -hmm. at least a, a much lower decibel reading outside. But I don't know that we're ever going to get to 55 because that's such a crazy low number for a business like ours or even to just be downtown. Yeah. So, again, I think the thing Sioux Falls has to do is we have to create an entertainment district you know, level of sound that can that's acceptable. And I think as I looked at like Omaha, which has a similar mm -hmm. type of um, setup, they have a 65 decibel in after, I'm trying to remember what their time frame yeah. is, but I think it's after 10.30 like hours, something yep. like that. Yep. And it's 70 of the rest of the day. And that's what they adhere to. And that's really not unreasonable, I, in my opinion, based on what I know now about decibels. Are you in a position yet where you can start having events again? No, we're not. I mean, we can have quiet events. Right. Which we, wedding receptions. Yeah, our weddings and, and other um, corporate events and things like that are but still But right now on. you're not booking anything. We cannot book any bands at this point. We have some on the books, mm -hmm. and we're hopeful that when we get done with some work we're doing later this week, we'll do another decibel reading and see where we're at. But uh, we're pretty afraid that we're, we're going to have trouble staying under that. So will it shut you down? It, it has. Yeah, no, we, but I mean, will this put you out of business? Uh, and you have other avenues of, right. of revenue. Well, we've been we've been working extremely hard to try to make up some of this lost revenue because we've been completely quiet for two weeks and have not had any revenue um, on that side. And and actually, for most of the facility, because it's not a wedding season right now, so most of our revenue this time of the year comes from concerts. Mm -hmm. So we know it's a real challenge between needing to make improvements, which has cost us about twenty five thousand dollars so far. Mm -hmm. And lost revenue, which is adding up very quickly. It exceeds that number. Mm -hmm. I, we haven't, can't even really calculate it yet because we're turning down bands. We're also not playing bands. We're, you know, we've got a lot of things happening quickly. So what we're hoping is that when we add this acoustical material on Friday to our roof, um, we'll do another reading and see where we are. But I think we're going to need the cooperation of the city in order for us to stay in business as a concert venue. Stacy Newcomb Weiland, she is partner, one of the partners in Icon Lounge and Parker's Restaurant, and uh, involved with the State Theater, correct? Yeah. So you're involved in a lot of downtown stuff. Um, I wish we had more time, but uh, I will get a hold of you, and you, if you have an update for us, just let us know. Okay, very good. Thank you for having me. We'll come right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand K S O O. This is a public service announcement. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Really appreciate Stacy Newcomb Weiland for popping in today. It was on short notice, and um, it was great to get her perspective. I'm sure this will go on and on and on. Hey, this Friday, speaking of downtown. First Friday, special day of shopping, art and entertainment, downtown Sioux Falls. Visit a variety of retailers, artist venues, and restaurants. Discounts over at the Pavilion. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Pat Powers, blogger at Dakota War College. Information 1000 KSOO. You have the right to food money. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And it's Wednesday, and at Wednesday at 4 o'clock, last few weeks, we've been talking with Pat Powers, a blogger at Dakota War College, and today is no different. 
and we've got a lot to talk about with Pat. Pat, how are you today, sir? Good, good. It's a, it's a nice sunny day out in Brookings. Outstanding. Isn't every day sunny in Brookings? Um, yeah, but there's a little wind at times. <laughs> and just because it's sunny doesn't mean it's not cold. Um, so, Pat, here, here, I have a question for you. Yes. You've been around Republican politics a long time. So, uh, and you've been, obviously, you've seen this whole kerfuffle between uh, uh, Johnson and DeSanto on the floor of the House, um, whenever that was now, a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the video, and what do you make of it? Well, I, I actually uh, I have the video on my website at uh, dakotawarcollege.com, mm-hmm. but uh, I watched it, and I've, I've watched it, and I've watched it, and, and it, it really doesn't seem that uh, some of the tales match up completely uh there's there's talk of you know a, a fierce debate and it uh, looks like uh well I, I should say there were uh there was talk early on before the video was released that it could involve assault charges mm-hmm. and uh, you watch the video and it looks like two people who are who are a little crabby with each other after uh what i understand was uh, a debate on the House floor during session in in uh, you know in the chambers uh, on the proceedings of a health care bill, you know got got a little heated. People got a little exercised, and it just looks like it continued on the floor afterwards. Now, uh, and there was no physicality that I could really really from that video myself it just looked like a couple of people crabbing at each other yeah you know it's amazing when you take the audio away what the body language says and you know here's the thing is all reports are uh it's mark anderson right isn't that his first name mark dave, uh, dave, uh, no it's dave johnson dave johnson dave johnson yeah, mark anderson's a different guy entirely um <laughs> dave johnson he uh he's upset and by all reports said some nasty things okay you know, that's, that's one thing. And, and he apologized for that, but you're right. When I heard about it, it sounded like he had to be held back. The word restrained was used. And when I watched the video, it, it's just, uh, uh, is it qualm who comes up? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was the house majority leader. You know, I watched it and, and I viewed it as the house majority leader walking up and saying, come on guys, give it a rest. Mm-hmm. You know, just just diffusing the situation uh, in probably the most passive way possible. Just just you know, he, he had his piece of paper and just kind of tapped him on the shoulder to let him know, "Come on, we mm-hmm. we don't have to do this here." Right. You know, as as you know, if if you had two kids squabbling in a lunchroom, it's I I, I think a teacher would have been more forceful in in telling two kids to knock it off. It, Literally, that's how I took it. Yes. Uh, and interesting, after the fact, uh, there were some reports that there was quite a bit of profanity, but I, I'm talking to a legislator today who had uh, spoken with one of the legislators who was in, uh, you know, just right there, and uh, and they were saying they really didn't hear any profanity, so... You know, even those reports are, are starting to be kind of sketchy. It, it's, you know, it's really been 
the drama of it all has been ginned up. Yeah. And why is that, Pat? I mean, what's really going on here? Because it's, it's, it's kind of foreign to me. I don't, I don't know the interplay. Everybody's a Republican. And so I, and not that, it, not that being mad is a partisan issue. Anybody can get mad, but I don't, I just don't get it. There seems to be something that I don't know. Well, and, and what that factor is, is rapid city politics. Oh, I see. You know, and, and if you've read my site over the years, uh, some of the craziest stuff in South Dakota comes out of Rapid City. But in, in this particular instance, you have, uh, you have the conservative Republicans like, uh, you know, Dave Johnson and uh, you might say you know, some of those others out there. But then you also have the really, really right-wing conservative Republicans like Linda Santo and Phil Jensen and, and some of that crew. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't really get along. Uh, Dave Johnson uh, earned the uh, ire of, of that uh, group that re- refers to themselves as wingnuts, and they meet monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he earned, uh, he kind of got on their bad side in 2014 when he ran against Phil Jensen, uh, you know, Phil who's who's had a few statements that have been questionable about mm-hmm. uh, wanting to being wanting thinking he could deny, he should be able to deny uh, business service to anybody including you know if they want to base it on religion or color mm-hmm. or what have you uh, and so Dave Johnson ran against him in 2014 and it was a heated race and a lot of money spent and uh, Dave lost uh, then Dave ran again in uh, 2016. For the House this time, and and it was still, uh, I believe there was a primary, and it was a fierce primary. Uh, but you also had the people who, you know, allegedly attributed to some of the wingnut crew, where uh, mysteriously at night, uh, Dave had these large four by eight signs, full color with his picture, and uh, people would go around town drawing Hitler mustaches on them. Oh my God. Well, you know, and, and, and that, so that, that ruins uh, about a 60 to $80 sign every time they do that. Oh, my gosh. So, so you had tactics like that that they were doing, using against Dave. And, uh, and as I had sent an article over to you earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, just this last year, you had Dave organizing uh, meetings with business persons, uh, kind, of, kind of chamber types, uh, where they wanted to talk about upcoming issues and, and kind of a Cracker Barrel style discussion, and only uh, some pe- some legislators were invited to participate, uh, and uh, the the Linda Santos of Rapid City got their nose bent out of shape because they weren't invited. Yeah, so there's so, so there's a lot been, of factors at play here that we don't know about, isn't there? Uh, absolutely, there's been so much back and forth bickering. Uh, over over an extended number of years that, uh, you know, any time uh, they get on the opposite sides of an issue, uh, there's probably going to be fireworks. Yeah. Uh, Pat Powers, blogger at dakotawarcollege.com. We're going to, hey, Pat, can you stick around? Because I want to come back and talk about some actual issues, which is, you know, money. <laughs> you bet. All right. We'll be coming right back with Pat Powers. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
418 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're continuing our conversation here with Pat Powers, who is the force behind the Dakota War College blog, which is, I think, the longest-serving political blog in the state of South Dakota at this point, or right up there. Hey, Pat, um, so we've got all this extra cash. We're swimming in extra cash at the uh, legislature, right? $18 million bucks. Well, com- it, it's a minor amount compared to the entire budget, but you know, sometimes you take what you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and as I understand, uh, I, I had a conversation with uh, with Deb Peters, who's a longtime budgeteer with uh, appropriations and uh, with the uh, Senate Appropriations Committee, and uh, she was indicating to me that it uh, looks like the big thrust is going to be towards putting that money towards uh, state salaries. Mm-hmm. So would, this, would that include teachers or is just state employees? Uh, generally state and uh, state employees, but, uh, I, I know they, uh, there was some talk of, uh, of putting it, uh, you know, trying to do some with state employee raises and some with, with, uh, education. It would seem to me that, you know, we raised the sales tax half a penny, um, to not fulfill that promise. I mean, to, to pay teachers it, and it seems like they should at least throw them a bone on that. Right. Well, you know, they've, they've put that money towards, uh, you know, they dedicated that money towards uh, salaries uh, when it was raised. But, uh, you know, this is, this is extra money uh, outside of the budget. I mean, they've already done a lot of that, uh, that, you know, the raises are, are factored in at the, at the local level. But, you know, you also have uh, state employees uh, who I think have gone mm-hmm. several, several years now without a raise and, you know, you, you, if you want good people in those jobs, you generally need to give them an increase in uh, salary just to keep pace with, uh, with the economy. Yeah, and it, it should be pointed out, too, we're not talking about just, you know, all the assembled lawyers and peer. It's, you know, state offices around the state, um, including Sioux Falls, where, you know, there is a lot of competition for good workers. So I imagine that's getting to be an issue. Well, you know, it's always been an issue, but you know, the states all state has traditionally had the advantage of, and I'm a I'm a former ten year state employee myself, and you know, working entry level jobs mm-hmm. up, uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of years where state employees go without a salary, and and they try when they do have years stretches where they haven't had increases, they do try to take care of the lower ranks first, and. You know, you've got everybody from janitors to entry-level workers, uh, you know, to to just help them keep pace because uh, you, you want them to have some longevity uh, just so you have good people in the job. Mm-hmm. And part of it, too, is uh, while they're getting – they're just trying to keep pace because those health insurance premiums that they're paying for, those, those good health insurance policies – those are eating further and further into their salary. So in some, some years, uh, they go from one year to the next, but in their health care has gone up enough, it starts to cut into what they take home if they actually don't get an increase. Yeah, and they've, had, they've got pretty good health care insurance. But like you say, it's, if the prices go up for everybody, it cuts into their base. Yeah, truly. And, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of lot of dedicated people working for state government. I mean, state government is one of the biggest employers in the state. 
just by virtue of us having a smaller population. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go, so trickle I, down. They get more money, yeah. everybody gets more money, right? Well, it, it <laughs> helps the economy in some of these uh, towns with uh, with a lot of uh, state employees. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're talking with Pat Powers. He is a blogger at Dakota War College about the legislature and other issues. Um, I This... This one kind of surprised me. So Mark Mickelson, Speaker of the House, you know, he's been on this uh, uh, mission to eliminate public uh, employee unions, essentially. Uh, and But his bill on the regents uh, to eliminate uh, collective bargaining for the regents' employees didn't, didn't pass. It failed. I was surprised by that. Were you surprised by that? Uh, a little but you you do have uh, you do have a lot of people who are in university towns who stood up against it. Uh, there were and I lo- was looking at the bill today and and really the the big change was because you have a number of people who are working in uh, certain jobs, certain public sector jobs who are uh, precluded from uh, collective bargaining, mm-hmm. and this was just adding. Board of Regents employees to the list, right? And but but yeah, you did see uh, a number of people, including some fairly conservative people, who uh, you know they've got a big university presence in their town, and and you know they they're not uh, they know how to read the read the uh, uh, <laughs> voter registration rolls, so you know they they kind of thought maybe discretion was the better part of valor. All, all politics is local, right? Even if you're yes, a Republican in the South Dakota state legislature. You got a bunch of you got a bunch of pointy-headed lefty uh uh professors in your district, you might have to pay attention to that. <laughs> well, again, you know, and it is interesting because I uh the, up here in Brookings, we're in a kind of a unique community where it's a it's a fairly Republican community. But they're much more moderate in their politics than you than you might have in uh, seeing a you know like Phillips, South Dakota, or mm-hmm. Buffalo, South Dakota. I mean, you've got uh, you have a little more moderate base, and you know if you if you want to get elected, you got to recognize that. Yeah, and really, there were several. There was more than one Republican lawmaker, senator from that sort of general Brookings area that voted against this. So Brookings was really important in that vote, was it not? Well, yes, yes. And I, I, I did notice that uh, that Brookings lined up pretty pretty strongly against it. So that's, you know, I'm not shocked. <laughs> no, that's right. The, there's the, there is a historic uh, trend in South Dakota of the university towns really circling the wagons. Uh, and other than Springfield, <laughs> they have, have been able to save themselves uh, over the years in terms of restrictions and, uh, uh, you know, talk of fewer campuses and all that just doesn't happen. No, no. I, I think people people who make noises about that uh, soon find themselves up against a pretty entrenched base of alumnus. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Pat Powers, he is a blogger at dakotawarcollege.com and uh, a a, uh, a Republican uh, uh, observer, and we appreciate his bringing us perspective, particularly on that kerfuffle on the House floor. That was good stuff. Pat, thanks for being with us today, and hopefully we get to talk to you next week. Sounds good, Patrick. appreciate the opportunity. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with Jeff Harkness, our college basketball analyst, speaking of Brookings, from ESPN 99.1 about the upcoming Summit League tournament 
here in Sioux Falls. That starts on Saturday. That's all next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I picked this, this power station. Some old school eighties music. Oh yeah, Jeff Harkness from ESPN ninety-nine point one. Little super group action here. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Robert Palmer with the boys from, uh, from Duran Duran. Yeah, yep. Anyway, it's get it on. So, and we're gonna get it on because. It's Summit League tournament time. Let's call it what it is, Patrick. This is the this is the Sioux Falls equivalent of the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, it's this big. really is our Super Bowl every year when we get the Summit League tournament in town. And it's uh, building up, and it starts Saturday. Mm-hmm. But this year, uh, for the casual fans out there who maybe don't take in a lot of basketball, but this year it's maybe as big as it's ever been. I think you could make the argument that our four teams, the two women's teams, the two men's teams from South Dakota, South Dakota State, are as good as they've ever been. The four teams combined this year in the Summit League went 50-6. and six, Jeez. And three of those losses were to each other. Yeah. SDSU's women lost twice to USD. USD and SDSU split. So yeah. actually, yeah, so there's four. So they, were, they lost two other games to the rest of the field. And there were USD's men lost to Denver and lost to NDSU. Everybody else was clean. Yeah, because the state's only loss in the in the conference was, was to, to USD. USD. Yeah, USD men. And the only uh, SDSU women's losses were both to USD. That's just And wild. then USD's women, undefeated, first undefeated team in the Summit League since 1994. And then the USD men beat, US, or beat SDSU down in Vermillion. And mm-hmm. then, as to be expected, had to go to Denver a couple of days later. They were not emotionally ready for that game. That's the one the that's disappointing. Yeah. And then earlier, they had kind of fallen flat against NDSU. But NDSU... Remember, was the only team that went down to Vermillion last year and won a game uh, in the brand wrong. new building. So, but but NDSU has really fallen off. The, yeah. the Bison, who usually on the men's side give SDSU a run for their money every year, only won five games in the conference this year. So there, there's some there's some real issues. They had some some graduations and there's also some guys leave the team after last year up in Fargo, and so they're still trying to figure it out. Now they not to get off track, but NDSU there it's still fun to watch them because they've got uh, the kid from is he from Roosevelt? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and I can't remember his name. Dengu. Yes, Dengu, yes, exactly. thank you. Thank you, Dan. Uh, and he's fun to watch. Yes. I, I watched him when USD played up at NDSU, mm-hmm. and he wasn't starting, right. but he's been coming on strong. He's yeah. having a great season. And I think NDSU will bounce back. I think that they just had a down year. I think they're, they're trying to work some new guys in, and I think you'll see the Bison back. Uh, next year, of course, remember next year UND comes into the league yep. as well. And so now you'll have the SDSU-USD rivalry and you'll have the NDSU-UND rivalry, which means teams like Fort Wayne and Western Illinois will hate it even more being <laughs> yeah, in the Summit right. League. They're going to all leave pretty soon. Eventually they might. Yeah. Uh, and what we got Omaha back. Yep. I mean, it's everything's fine. Or Roberts, we maybe you know, there's still speculation that Kansas City might come crawling back. Really? After they kind of... Torched the blue. Well, they they went to the to the uh, the Southland Conference, thinking that the grass would be greener there. Yeah, and uh, threw the Summit League completely under the bus on the way out the door. Yeah, and then very quickly found out eh, the Summit League was a lot better. And now they're kind of trying to save face. Oral Roberts did the same thing, but left on good terms. Yeah. and so when they came back two years later, the Summit League welcomed them back yeah. with open arms. So they're pretty solid. Yes. Um, let's talk about the women for just Can- a second. So. Now, the, the amazing thing about the tournament is in both brackets, 
uh, both men and women, the the state and you women and men are in different sides of the bracket. Right, because they're both the top two yep. seeds, and that's the key for a couple of reasons, because you're on opposite sides of the bracket. And the way the Summit League rewards the top seeds is we'll put you on day one, mm-hmm. which means if you win, you get Sunday off. Mm-hmm. Whereas nice. the lower seeds, if they have to play Sunday, then they got to go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and play three straight games if they want to make it to the championship. So they give you a little bit of a benefit there for having a top two seed. So the USD women... By virtue of finishing undefeated, they're the number one seed. They'll play the opening game right out of the shoot noon on Saturday. They get number eight, Fort Wayne, who only won one game in the conference all year. E. Remember, in the Summit League, everybody makes the tournament. Yeah. And then the state women follow that at about 2.30 or so on Saturday, and they'll get North Dakota State, who won two games in the conference <laughs> yeah. this year. So the women play in the afternoon, and yes. then both men's teams play both at night. Both men's teams play at night, uh, South Dakota State being the number one seed. And we want to congratulate the Jacks. They had won the conference before, but had always shared the title until this year. Mm -hmm. This is the first time South Dakota State has ever won the conference outright, and they did it this year. And so they will host Western Illinois in the 6 o'clock game Saturday night, followed by USD. The college of the number two seed, they'll get Omaha in that 8.30 game. And if they all win, if all of our local team wins, it'll be the same exact schedule on Monday, noon, 2.30, 6 8.30 8.30 for all four of those teams. Well, that's crazy. Sunday will be interesting. <laughs> yes. Good seats will be available for Sunday's action. Low, uh, the the uh, top bowl will mm-hmm. not be open. No, but that'll no. be, I mean, a lot of people buy full sets. They do. They and, and, and I was talking to Aaron Johnston, the, the, the women's coach at SDSU this week, and he was telling me, he said, look, our fans, and, and, and let's face it, SDSU's fans have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. USD fans are coming to the party finally. Mm-hmm. But the Jackrabbit fans have been there since day one. Jackrabbit fans will show up on Sunday. And maybe some USD fans will as well. If nothing else, you'll hopefully be scouting the team that your club's going to be playing against yeah. on Monday. What so, else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Yeah. Watch and the they golf. know that Sioux Falls needs this tournament, really. Yeah. Yes. And it's right. been such a benefit exactly. for the South Dakota schools. They need to support it, and, and they're willing to, to put their money where their mouth is. And let's remember now, for the second year in a row, they did a nice job of getting the home show out of there. And so yeah. they've taken over the entire complex. So you have not only the games to watch, but you have the fan fest going on yeah. over the arena, which is free to get into, and you don't have to have a ticket to any of the games. And so there's plenty to do rather than just watching yeah, the games. It's great for they got like half court basketball oh, it's, and oh, stuff. Kinds it's of pretty stuff. cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it we're going to come right back and talk about the actual games with Jeff Harkness from ESPN 99.1. He is, of course, our college basketball analyst. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Thanks for being here, everybody. Coming up on the show tomorrow, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub. He's got a lot on his list, so you're going to want to tune in and hang on for that one. Smart cyclist Michael Christensen will be here. We'll talk about this big extreme international ice racing event this weekend. All on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.